Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor Vanessa Tyler welcome you to Blackland. A podcast about the ground on which the black community stands right now. From stories about salvation and loss. I loved a person who had an HIV diagnosis. To dreams achieved. Or yet unfulfilled. From people who have made it. I sat down with a therapist and I began my journey. To those left behind. Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're supposed to learn from our own mistakes, but other people's errors can be instructive too. From efforts to control the weather that went disastrously awry, to the untimely death of the Segway boss, history is a treasure trove of mishaps and meltdowns that can teach us all. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that mines the greatest fiascos of the past for their most valuable lessons. Listen to Cautionary Tales on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, family. Welcome back to Cashing Our Trillions. I'm your host, Yvonne So. I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom of three boys, and this podcast is a space to value the trillion-dollar economy of unpaid labor shouldered by moms. So far this season, we've talked to moms who are dedicated to working towards structurally changing our country's legislative, social, and economic landscape to benefit and work for us. Today, I'm speaking to a mom whose entire business model is centered on valuing and paying moms for the care work we do and, in the process, helping to create a private sector solution to our child care crisis, one that has left over 50% of American families living in a child care desert. My guest today is Gretchen Salyer, CEO and founder of June Care, a company she started during the pandemic to tackle our childcare crisis by connecting families who need childcare with stay-at-home moms who can care for their kids. Gretchen is the mom of three girls and has worn many mom hats. She's a former full-time working mom, 
a full-time stay-at-home mom, and now a startup-from-home mom. And regardless of her working status, she's discovered there are always childcare gaps, which led her to create her company, June Care, to help all parents find our village. Thank you for coming on. I'm super excited to have you because I feel like our missions really go hand in hand. Cashing Our Trillions is all about centering the story of moms, especially as it relates to unpaid work that we do to sustain our economy and our society, which I think really dovetails with your mission at June Care. You know, your model essentially pays moms and other child caregivers for the traditionally unpaid work that we do. So maybe talk about your business model and why you also believe it's a step towards social change. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on. So JuneCare is a platform where we are connecting parents who are looking for childcare with what are typically stay-at-home moms who are already caring for their own children and have capacity to care for one or two other kids from another family and get paid for that work. We do not charge any fees to our host network because part of our mission is allowing them to get paid for the work that they're already doing. We do charge a 10% service fee to families who are looking for June care. That's super interesting. It's like the Uber of childcare. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the Uber of childcare. Is there a possibility that somehow our families could be matched up? I have three boys and I know you have three girls. How old are your boys? 10, 7, and 4. A hundred percent. Imagine. The Please crazy. book me. I always want to be booked for June care. I'm in Arizona though. Oh shoot. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer. We need to launch in Arizona. Yes. Yes. So that, but that is based on my preferences, right? So the way that my family dynamic is, Mm -hmm. is we love having friends over. Mm -hmm. And even though I have three girls, mine are 10, eight and six. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I know they would be over the moon if I invited three additional kids where they could each have a little buddy. We should be matched up. Let me know if you're ever in California. (laughs) I know that's my philosophy. Crazy is crazy. So what's like three more or four more or whatever. Exactly. And they end up entertaining themselves too a lot of times. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to provide, right? Those little like activities, little cues, and then they do make it their own. And it is so fun. Yeah. And then feed them. (laughs) Lots of snacks. (laughs) Yes. So you're still hosting June Cares right now too? I do host June Care all the time. Yeah, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> Mostly on the weekends. <laughs> so someone can show up at the CEO's door. <laughs> yeah, I my profile is available online. Oh, is it so, really? Oh, yes. Gosh. I was asking my head of customer success, Tessa, uh-huh. why doesn't anyone book me? <laughs> I'm like, does anyone want to book me? And she's like, I think because your face is on the website, people don't think about booking you. Oh, that's interesting. Because like, you'd be the first one I book. I'm like, I think that's like the CEO. (laughs) Totally. OG. OG. (laughs) It's important to note here that the pandemic greatly exacerbated an existing shortage of childcare options. Since March 2020, many daycare centers have closed permanently. And according to a Wall Street Journal report, one out of 10 childcare jobs have disappeared. About 50% of American families now live in a childcare desert where there are more than three kids for every daycare slot. 
This lack of reliable childcare has forced many moms, a total of 2 million of us, to completely drop out of the job market, contributing to the lowest workforce participation among U.S. women since the 1970s. Gretchen continues by explaining her vision and business case for June Care to help ease this number one burden of families with young children to find quality and affordable child care. So, you know, 51% of American families, more than half, don't have access to the child care they need. And then it's typically the mom who makes the sacrifice, misses the meeting, doesn't take the job in order to cover that child care. Huge undermet demand. Mm-hmm. Yet there's millions and millions of moms, typically, who are providing care day in, day out in their homes. So how do we tap in to that care work that's happening in these homes and make it accessible to this huge undermet demand? That's the vision, creating something better that works for moms, that helps moms contribute to the family balance sheet, be financially stable without having to sacrifice how their children are being raised. Mm -hmm. And it brings us back to like connecting with our community as well, right? So you can kind of weave in your social impact. June stands for joining up neighbors everywhere. And mm-hmm. while that's aspirational, I do think this idea of really having to be exposed at a young age to differences mm-hmm. and having that become normalized mm-hmm. to you will make a significant impact for the next generation of kids. And so that's That's my fuel. 95% of our matches have been with families who, first of all, live within six miles of each other and have never met each other before. That's so bizarre too. So like basically you're matching people up with their neighbors. We are matching people up with their neighbors who then they become very close with. Uh (laughs) And it is so cool because Uh we have literally matched people who live houses down from each other and have just never met. And so that is really special. But is the match based on their application or based like, or did you just look up the address and be like, hey, these two people are neighbors? That factors in, but it's based on a variety of factors. So we have a a relatively thorough intake process on both Mm -hmm. sides. So if you're a family looking for care or if you're signing up to be a June care host, you are telling us a lot of information about yourself Mm -hmm. and your family and your preferences. And we are using all of that to match. Mm -hmm. And then it is... So fun, though, when it turns out that your matches are like three doors. <laughs> yeah. And then so the the rates that people said, is it like based on local minimum wages? Yeah. So we do encourage our hosts to charge at least minimum wage. Mm-hmm. It's really been an interesting journey because as moms, especially as stay-at-home moms, and I was mm-hmm. a full-time mom for three years myself, mm-hmm. you really were not attuned to value the work that we're doing. Mm, okay. And so when you ask a stay-at-home mom to put an hourly rate on mm-hmm. her work, it is a bit of an awkward conversation because it's something mm-hmm. she hasn't really thought about. And so we do encourage them to charge though, because in addition to just valuing the work that they're doing at home, the payment actually invites other families to ask for help. And this has been surprising since launching June Care. You know, I, I wasn't sure, to be honest, how the payment aspect was going to play out, what that dynamic was going to be like. So I was a full-time working mom for mm-hmm. six years. And I often remember thinking, gosh, I wish I could just pay her 
you know, to invite my kids That's over so because yeah, yeah. my kids wanted to go and mm-hmm. have play dates, but I was always a little bit sheepish because I knew I wasn't going to be able to reciprocate mm-hmm. in the way that I think is often socially accepted. And mm-hmm. so within our platform, by introducing, you know, this is a paid model, you it's a paid play date, mm-hmm. essentially, it actually makes families more prone to ask. For the That's help true. It takes like the, the awkwardness day. out of it, right? Because yes. yeah, then it's like you can just schedule the time and you feel like you're paying somebody for their time as well. Exactly. And then what's like the average like total salary of a host? Like who, for the hosts who are the most active, like what are they bringing in? Our hosts are typically earning between five and $700 a week okay. right now. Um, but again, it does vary Mm-hmm. And the platform is meant to be such like an Uber or any gig work platform where you can do as much or as little as you want. But have you talked to a mom who's like, oh my gosh, I want to make a full-time job out of this? We definitely have uh, full-time matches mm-hmm. where it is the family who's booking June Care's primary form of childcare for mm-hmm. two full-time working parents. And it is the stay-at-home mom or June Care host's primary income source. From a June care host perspective, a lot of our hosts are using it to extend their maternity leave or to be there in those first five years until their children get into school and then their needs change. As we discussed in the first episode, the U.S. is the only country among 41 nations that does not mandate any paid leave for new parents. So it's really no surprise that the average length of paid and unpaid maternity leave women take in our country is just 10 weeks. Without sufficient government policies, we have to create our own solutions. June Care is helping some moms literally buy more time at home. Gretchen explains further. A lot of our hosts um, who are in that situation in particular, you know, they really were making the economic trade-off. So they were looking at, do I go back to what is typically an hourly paid job? The problem with that, of course, is then they, they have to pay for their own childcare. <laughs> And it's very hard to end up right side up on that math equation. And so with Jew Care, they can mm-hmm. buy themselves right. time with their children. They are doing what they want to be doing and earning the same, often more, mm-hmm. if you factor into kind of the opposite economic math they would have had to do. When you introduced this idea of these paid playdates um, in your own group, I know I was reading on your website, you're talking about how it's so transformative for everybody. And I think you kind of touched upon that before about making it a little bit more transactional, taking the awkwardness out of it. But can you give an example of one of these transformations that you saw within your own group when you're testing out this idea of June care? Really came down to two main things, um, really the connection that we were experiencing as moms. Mm -hmm. So you are told or kind of get through osmosis this idea that you should raise your kids in a village. You know, kids should be raised in a village. You should have a village, you know, get support, have your mom friends. It's really hard to actually execute on that Mm -hmm. day to day. Yeah. And and without someone organizing it for you, honestly. Mm And so we were really feeling like, gosh, you know, we're living life together. I was getting to know uh, my friends and neighbors' kids so much more because when when you're with other children without their parents there, actually, you know, that's a really special moment too because you Mm -hmm. really get to know the kids in a different way. And my kids too, 
we're so much happier. And, you know, looking more into this, this is actually, it's a pretty scientific fact. So for moms who are postpartum or within those first two years of parenting, you know, even pre-pandemic, one in four new moms is mm-hmm. experiencing some level of anxiety and depression. This got, of course, as you would imagine, a lot worse during the pandemic. That's right. With yeah. uh, the most staggering statistic to me is 75% of moms experiencing clinically significant levels of anxiety. So many studies back up Gretchen's staggering numbers. A motherhood matrix study released in October 2022 and put out by Everyday Health Group Pregnancy and Parenting found that over two-thirds of moms say they're experiencing anxiety with inflation, isolation, and overall childcare costs fueling this anxiety. Most moms, 75% of us, say we don't have enough support in the form of a quote-unquote village. This village atmosphere is something Gretchen credits the success of June Care, and a topic we'll explore more in our next episode when I speak to two Canadian moms, Joe and Kim, who live in co-housing and credit their communal living arrangement to helping them navigate modern motherhood. Gretchen makes the case for how June Care is creating a similar model of neighbors helping neighbors to help tackle the root causes of our anxiety. So we have a childcare crisis, but mm-hmm. this is its own crisis. And the main causes of this anxiety are really coming from these feelings of isolation and financial stress. What's really special about June Care is we are really addressing both of those issues for new moms. So providing opportunities for them to contribute to the family balance sheet despite being a new mom, whether Mm -hmm. that's by hosting June Care or by taking advantage of June Care. And then going back to where it was so transformative for us right away, this connection piece. So it is really hard to schedule play dates when you're also juggling your work and nap schedules and lack of sleep and mm-hmm. all of the things that do moms experience. And so for us, just to be able to provide that platform where everyone is coming into the network, knowing that they want to connect in this way through this model. That's my favorite part, honestly, of June Care is just hearing the stories, getting the pictures of the kids playing together and just seeing how well it's working for families. You're listening to Cashing Our Trillions. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. From the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor Vanessa Tyler welcome you to Blackland. A podcast about the ground on which the black community stands right now. From stories about salvation. And loss. They did not love themselves enough to know their HIV status, to not pass it on to me. To dreams achieved. Or still yet unfulfilled. From people who have made it. We started a hospital-based violence intervention program called the IV Project, and it stands for Interrupting Violence in Youth and Young Adults. To those who have been left behind. But no one talks about the survivors of the gun violence, and the numbers rising because the gun violence has risen. Politically. Financially. Emotionally. Spiritually. This is where we are. This is Blackland. And one of the things that my father said to me before he passed away, it's like a, almost like a prophecy. He said that I would be helping men. Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've been following the news, you know that from healthcare access to safe schools, LGBTQ plus rights are under attack. And it's about time queer and trans youth get the microphone and tell their stories in their own words. We can kiss every woman's face goodbye. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. I wish I could feel more comfortable in my own body here, but that's just not the case. And follow along as they discover what queer and trans liberation means to them. This isn't running away from yourself. It's running into who you want to grow into. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk a little bit about, you know, your personal story. What made you want to make the transition to become a stay-at-home mom and not continue in your corporate position? And especially like I'm a stay-at-home mom and looking from the outside, I was like, oh, wow, it looked like Gretchen was like on the perfect path. Yeah. So I was at Intuit and just had an incredible experience there. They really invest in their leaders Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of how I'm able to hire a team and manage June care is really thanks to Intuit. Mm-hmm. Second, my husband was doing a startup. <laughs> so oh, okay. it was really nice to have stable income and mm-hmm. healthcare. And transparently, he sold his startup. So mm-hmm. I was really just planning to be home uh, with the girls for a year. 
and see. You know, I was open minded to mm-hmm. potentially uh, continuing as a stay at home mom, but it is so hard. <laughs> as you know, it is the hardest thing I've ever done, and and I and I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, I think I would have continued to be a full time mom had not. I have been overwhelmed with the demand that I was mm-hmm. seeing for this, what is now June care. I discovered how valuable this work is. And mm-hmm. I was raised by a stay-at-home mom. Same. Yeah. It's still important to me that my children get a stay-at-home mom experience. Mm-hmm. However, I am not great at providing the idealized stay-at-home mom experience that is in my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> on my own. Good and for so you. that's where... Personally, June care works really nicely for me because I have great friends and now, you know, June care hosts who really do provide wonderful experiences for my children. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of was an unexpected journey for me to be now in this startup from home working mom mm-hmm. position that I'm in. Um, but it's working really well right now. That's really interesting that you brought up that you're that you were brought up by a stay-at-home mom yourself. I mean, that's the, that's kind of where I come from because my mom was just like the most amazing stay-at-home mom. She had our locker combinations and everything to like drop off hot lunches. So I'm like, if I don't provide something that looks like that for my children, like what kind of mom am I? Yeah. A lot of it is just trying to live up to that standard too. But it's nice that now you can create something that looks similar to that from June Care. Maybe I can't provide it myself, but I can rely on my village to help me do that. My mom also amazing, stay-at-home mom, <laughs> like really, really high bar, which yeah, is maybe exactly, why right? yeah. I, like I was falling short. But what is that power of mom? I think we all kind of have a little bit of this idealized right, right. vision mm-hmm. of how we want our kids to be raised. There's nothing wrong with whatever you choose as a parent. I should start with that. But based on my experience, children with a stay-at-home mom were going to get to go do excursions and adventures and go to the museum and take advantage of the beach. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted that. I've tried a lot of different models to get there, including staying home myself to provide those experiences. And this is where I feel like June Care works really nicely too, because you have that June Care host who can do all of those stay-at-home mom things. Mm-hmm. And your kids are part of that as well. Yeah. And um, I think you, you don't need to be so hard on yourself too, because I feel like you decided to be a stay-at-home mom at the absolute like worst time. Because <laughs> then you're like, oh, not only are you staying at home, you're like short order chef, you're school teacher, you're like everything all at once. That is true. And I'm sure every parent of young children relates. Yeah. You spoke a little bit about Intuit kind of preparing you for what you're doing now, but have you always had an entrepreneurial streak? As moms, we always have these genius ideas, but like rarely do we execute on them or we take this like kernel of an idea to grow it. You know, a lot of it is because we have small children and we feel like, oh, you know, this would be so time consuming. Do you think it's something about you that made you want to make this leap or is it this idea of June Care? It took me uh, some introspection, I guess, to figure out why am I doing this? Because, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, as it is a very important mission. And while it's fun and flashy, as I'm sure you know, it's a grind. Trying to balance it all is a lot. And I think my why and and probably a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit is I have always been very passionate about creating the best possible opportunities and experiences for children. 
And so this is where every time I think about, you know, how we're developing the product, how we're developing the platform, how we're connecting families, I am really excited about how it's helping the kids. These children who are, you know, being cared for through June Care, whether by their own mom as the June Care host or being mm-hmm. dropped off with the June Care host, they are getting exposure to a new family, a new culture, this stay-at-home mom experience we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's the coolest business, I think, to start as a mom because my kids totally get it. And, you know, they're products of it, mm-hmm. essentially. That's so funny. You're like, kids are part of this social experiment. Too. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally. like, hey, girls, you want to meet a new family? Totally talk about being like so bought in. So I learned about your story from a CNBC post. And I think the title was something to affect like this former stay-at-home mom turned her pandemic hack into a venture-backed business that raised $3.6 million, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the journey is messier than the headlines. So can you yeah. talk about raising venture capital and angel money? Like, how do you pitch this idea? How many firms did you have to go to before you clicked with um, Craft Ventures? Maybe walk us through that. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually, uh, just in May, we raised a seed extension led oh, awesome. by Grant Cross out of New York. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, okay. So why did I raise money? So really, the first inkling that maybe I should raise money came from the fact that I was drowning in spreadsheets and Google Forms from mm-hmm. everyone trying to sign up. I have a lot of very strong and intelligent women in my life. Once they kind of heard what I was doing, mm-hmm. they were like, you should think about raising money. Gretchen is too humble to stress this point herself, but I think it's really important to note that according to PitchBook data, in the first quarter of 2022, all female-founded teams, of which June Care is, received only 2% of venture capital. That's down from 2.2% in 2021. An increase in female partners in venture capital, together with our nation collectively experiencing the challenges of taking care of kids during lockdown, has shined a spotlight on the need for more tech-enabled offerings for childcare solutions. The subcategory of parent tech companies in the U.S. has attracted nearly $1.4 billion in 2021. This total is larger than what the category raised in the previous four years combined. Gretchen continues with her path towards raising venture capital. Well, if anyone's going to raise venture capital, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to try and build a billion-dollar business. Okay. That's my perspective. Mm-hmm. I would say probably most venture capitalists are going to agree with me on that. So you it's- have the next big thing, Gretchen. <laughs> like, you got to have the best. Right. You yeah. got to have. You yeah. at least have to convince yourself. It, right. So okay. That's where I landed is I wanted mm-hmm. to convince myself that I could that this could be a billion dollar business, mm-hmm. and which is, I, it sounds a little cold because this is a very mission driven organization. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're going to take venture money, you have to look at that side of it too. And so I started promoting June Care just in Facebook groups because okay. I was trying to see, okay, will total strangers mm-hmm. <laughs> sign up for this and use it? So I just posted in a few local Facebook groups. I was overwhelmed with signups, overwhelmed with requests. Mm-hmm. And so the proof points for me after a couple of months were there. This model, it catches like wildfires. We really are leaning into this word of mom. We call it mm-hmm. word of mom oh, marketing. Nice. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's where I put together a pitch deck. And my first couple pitches were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a oh sense of what God. they were. Like what were what made them so bad? I just like- didn't quite have the story down. It's it's different when you're telling the story to mm-hmm. someone with the purpose of them giving you money, money. Mm-hmm. to fund the growth. You do have to tell the story in a certain way. And it's just okay. honestly, it's like anything, it's a learning curve. I had to see, I had to hear the questions. I had to see the reactions to what I was saying Mm -hmm. to know what was what clicked with the people who hold the money bags. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know if you've ever been been in a situation where you're talking Uh and you know it's not being received well, but like you can't stop. (laughs) Kind of what was going on. It's like Shark Tank. It's just like Shark Tank. Um, (laughs) Fortunately, like a private Zoom version, not on national television. But really, by the time I was talking to Craft Ventures, I had probably met with a dozen firms. And I did start to get a sense of what made sense and what didn't and Mm -hmm. what questions they were going to have and how to anticipate those questions in a 10-minute pitch. What's so great about Craft, they are really willing to partner with entrepreneurs like myself to make large visions come true. And so I really felt like it was a great match for me. Um, my part, the partner I work with there is Lainey Painter, mm-hmm. and she just got it right, right away. Mm-hmm. Is she a mom? Is that why? She's not. Okay. No, uh, but she, you know, she's a female partner, uh-huh. so she's experienced all the dynamics of being a woman in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's been um, so that allowed me to hire a team. Mm-hmm. Right, which is the first step in building scale. It's turning, you know, venture capital into human capital. Right. And from there, it has just been a really fast and furious and exciting journey. So speak about your management style. So you are all female, all moms. Like how does that affect your work culture? Great question. We are trying something new because I want to create a different culture of work for my own daughters, mm-hmm. to be honest. I want to do it differently. And our culture is really trying to acknowledge the fact that we also have children and responsibilities. And also that sometimes your most productive hours are not between nine and five. Yeah, And I think a lot of us realized that during the pandemic, as we had to flex, we were forced mm-hmm. to flex in a different way, but you were still able to get your job done. I think that's like a mom's superpower though, right? It's like, if there is no time, you will create time. Totally. <laughs> moms, yeah. not to be biased. I'm a little biased. I think we're the most productive humans. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Think- out of necessity. Especially because we're so small. Like if something urgent comes in, it's helpful for me to know that everyone else is driving kids around because then I'm on first. <laughs> Or whatever that issue is. And and we all really do work like that. Mm-hmm. I want to do it differently. And I'm trying to, I always talk to my team about this. I was like, if we can't make it work, no one will. So we have to try to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't look like the government or anyone's going to help us either. Right? No one's coming. All the- no one is coming to save us. <laughs> <laughs> With all the non-legislation that's going on, right? Yes. Yeah. We, yeah, we've got to figure it out. And we can. We really can. We can do it. But I mean, look at you. Like you're a full-time mom and doing this podcast. That's amazing. You don't have to do that. 
you know? Yeah, but I want to do something. I'm not trained in radio or audio or journalism. Like that's not my work background. That's not my education background. But I stayed at home for 10 years. So like basically, yeah, according to any HR department, any skill I had is like dead, right? Mm-hmm. So so this is me kind of building it up from scratch. But like as we talked about before, as moms, you, you figure it out. So you figure it out. And I really I, I think you're right that there is a perception that you know, when you stay at home with your kids, your skill set goes to waste. We mm-hmm. just hired someone who was a stay-at-home mom for 12 years. Mm-hmm. You know, she had been at Google previously. She mm-hmm. wasn't working, but she was head of the PTA. Mm-hmm. And she was doing just a myriad of things. You know, she, yeah. she, she was telling me, she's like, well, I haven't worked. I was like, but wait a minute. You have led organizations. Yes. And you have managed people who are mm-hmm. volunteers, which are the hardest people to manage. Just figuring out how we just revalue this work that's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're revaluing, we're working to revalue care work right mm-hmm. now. But goodness gracious, there is so much work that has to happen to make a society and schools and organizations and you name it run effectively that is often harder than, you know, getting the project management job at X tech firm And staying there for 12 years. That's where I love your concept for your podcast, really trying to put a dollar figure because money speaks to -hmm. people around this shadow economy of unpaid labor. And I hope, I do hope that June Care can make a small dent in that, you know, for moms of young kids. And who knows, you know, maybe we extend the platform at some point to help make more little divots. Mm Mm-hmm in that yeah. unpaid economy. Um, yeah, but I just, great. I love kind of the the light you're shining on this. Thank you. Well, keep us posted. So Gretchen, before I let you go, how will you cash your trillions? So if I think if I actually had the trillions, I honestly would put more funding towards June care right now, just, mm-hmm. just in the immediate, because, you know, our main constraint to serving more families is our ability to scale our team and scale our technology. But we could we could do it faster if we spent our money faster. But, you know, not the responsible thing to do. And you could scale it across the nation then. We could scale it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm trying to be a good steward, too, of the money we mm-hmm. have raised from outside investors. But if it was my own trillions, I could be a little more loose with it. Mm-hmm you know, and we could go a little faster and try more things and test different markets. And that is really where I would spend it. And so I would also love to take my family to Africa, just as a little side piece. I think you'll have money left over for that. (laughs) I hope so. If it's actually trillions. Well, thank you so much for your time, Gretchen. Oh, thank you so much. It is just so delightful to chat with you. I've loved it. This episode was produced by me and sound edited by Shen. Cashing Our Trillions is part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. If you have a story to share, please email us at cashingourtrillions at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And if you liked what you heard, please take a moment to rate and review it. It would really mean so much to me. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor Vanessa Tyler welcome you to Blackland. A podcast about the ground on which the black community stands right now. From stories about salvation. And loss. I loved a person who had an HIV diagnosis. To dreams achieved. Or yet unfulfilled. From people who have made it. I sat down with a therapist and I began my journey. To those left behind. Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. We're supposed to learn from our own mistakes, but other people's errors can be instructive too. From efforts to control the weather that went disastrously awry, to the untimely death of the Segway boss, history is a treasure trove of mishaps and meltdowns that can teach us all. I'm Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, the podcast that mines the greatest fiascos of the past for their most valuable lessons. Listen to Cautionary Tales on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.